Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back. And thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Talking Each Other Home. This is a podcast where we can have candid, authentic, and open conversations about all things spirit stuff and that bring us closer to ourselves. And so my intention with this podcast is to interview people about their journeys, their discoveries, their wisdom, their lessons, their experiences, and in hopes that it enlightens and empowers our journeys as we walk and talk each other home. And so I am your host, Danny. Welcome back. And joining me today, I have my dear friend and sister, Mallory Ferris of Breathe Body Soul. And this podcast was so sweet and so good and so powerful. Um, we talk about her dark night of the soul and how she literally day by day, thought by thought, walked herself out of that to where she is now, literally a beacon of light, a breathwork facilitator, a yoga teacher. And so I think this episode is really practical because we all, whether you know it or realize it or not, we all go through dark nights of the soul. So it was really great and empowering to hear about her journey. Something else that's super cool we talk about is that she is half Palestinian. And so we talk about her getting back to her roots, healing ancestral trauma and wounds and getting back into her blood. And she's even taking um, an Arabic class right now. And so learning the language and taking a trip back to Palestine uh, in April to experience Easter there in the Holy Land and camping in the desert and her family. And she's bringing breathwork to her family in Palestine to continue the healing on her ancestral, you know, trauma and, and line lineage. So this podcast is really packed with compassion, with lessons, with experience, with wisdom, with love. And I truly, truly hope that you enjoy it. And, you know, this, this podcast starts off a little different than most podcasts. We start with breathwork. So if you're curious about breathwork at all, we actually take the first five minutes and she leads me through a breathwork session, which, you know, I mean, it was only a couple minutes, but I could already feel the effects, physical, mental, and spiritual effects and feel free to join us. Don't do it if you're driving because that's not safe. <laughs> so definitely do it. If you're just hanging out at home, take a minute, close your eyes, get comfortable and breathe with us and experience a little bit of the magic of what breathwork has to offer. And, um, this calm, powerful energy that Mallory holds, uh, when she's facilitating or really always she's calm power, but there's something special about the way she facilitates, which brings me to my next point. So if you enjoy the breathwork that we do at the beginning of this episode, Mallory and I have the special offering uh, that we're giving and you are all invited to join us. It's on January 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern time. So it'll be two hours from seven to nine and it's gonna encompass yoga led by me. Don't worry, it's not power yoga. It's just gonna be nice, easy, gentle yoga to open up the fascia, open up the muscles, create a little bit of space. And then Mallory is gonna come in with her amazing awaken style breath work and lead us through a beautiful um, night of igniting our courage and our calm power. You know, we titled this, um, this practice, new moon, new you, new year. It's like all of this newness and it's all centered around. There's a new moon happening the day after. So the energy is really high for new moon. And then on January 22nd is actually the real 
new year, the Chinese new year. So we have a yoga and breathwork practice for you centering around the Chinese new year and the new moon. So lots of newness, and I'm going to encourage you to join us and to experience breathwork, to experience yoga, and to maybe experience a new side of you that you have yet to see and discover and shine a light on. And yes, that is how powerful yoga and breathwork is. So if you're here for that, if you're here for being courageous and seeing a new side of yourself, check the show notes, click the link and sign up for the event and save your spot. We would love to see you and uh, reign in this new year. Right. (laughs) All right, everybody enjoy this episode. Enjoy this amazing energy exchange between me and Mallory. And, um, I look forward to seeing you in our event and on the next episode. Enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Hello, Mallory. Welcome to the show, Talking Each Other Home. Hi. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Like, I'm literally already giddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Me too. And I'm I'm excited to start this episode off a little bit different than I ever have before. Um, so we're lighting some Palo Santo right now. We're going to drop into like a beautiful ceremony space. And Mallory is just finished her awakened breathwork training. So she's a facilitator. She's been doing this online and hosting beautiful group sessions and one-on-one sessions with people. And so today we're going to start off the podcast episode with her leading me and you, if you want to join in on this, um, through what would you say? It was like a five minute, uh, session. Just a five minute, uh, breathwork that I do daily that you can incorporate with your daily routines. Oh my gosh. Perfect. So interactive. All right. And is there anything you want to explain about breathwork before we jump in? So, yeah, I guess what I'll say at first is this is really meant to be done, you know, in a seated position and it only takes about five minutes. Um, so don't do this. If you're listening to the podcast and driving, I would say that for sure. Other than that, get into a comfortable seated position and I'll guide you through, I'll, I'll cue you and count you down the entire way. So we're gonna move through, I'll just get right into it. We're gonna move through 10 breaths. And at the end of the 10th exhale, you'll hold your suspended breath for 10 seconds. And then we'll move into 20 breaths. And then after the 20th, the 20th exhale, you'll hold your suspended breath for 20 seconds. And then we'll move into 30 breaths. And after the 30th exhale, you'll hold that suspended breath for 30 seconds or longer. Maybe that looks like a minute for you. And yeah, and we'll just sit there in that meditative state. And so we'll sit with our eyes closed this entire time. I'll count you down so you won't have to worry about remembering the the numbers. And after we are finished with that last last breath hold, just sit there in that meditative state for a moment. Okay. Um, We're going to move through an in and out of the mouth breathing. So this looks like a really deep, full inhale into the belly, into the chest, even tickling the shoulders, and then a gentle exhale. There's no effort on the exhale. And it just continues in this circular breath motion with no pause in between. So I do just wanna take a moment to show you and the viewers what that would look like, and then they can practice it before we begin just for a moment. Okay, so imagine you're just sitting there with your eyes closed and you open your mouth, And it looks like this. Okay. 
Okay. So you'll begin to feel that you're coming into this like harmony with your body. You, you'll start to get into a pace and a rhythm with yourself that feels natural, something that you can sustain. And then you're in the right spot there. So this is a bit more activating uh, because it is in and out of the mouth. I would say that if you feel called to um, activate your parasympathetic and rather than your sympathetic nervous system today, you can take this in through the nose and out through the mouth. That is there for you. But I do encourage you to, to try it with the in and out of the mouth. And there you go. Okay. I am so excited. Oh. Yeah, let's, yeah, let's get grounded. Grounded times three. <laughs> All right. So we'll just, like I said, easy seat. Relax, close down your eyes. And we're just coming into some breath awareness here. So being mindful of your thoughts and your breath as it is, no judgments. And I'll count us down on the count of three, we'll begin. Three, two, one. Inhale for one, two, Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Nice full inhale, gentle exhale, and we'll hold. For 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Inhale for 1, 2, 3, 4. Keep going. Nice interconnected breathing. There's no pause in between. I'll keep count. You keep breathing. 10. You're doing great. Keep going. Really leaning into what it is you feel in your body here, the sensations, the thoughts. 17, 18, 19, 20. Full inhale, gentle exhale and hold at the bottom for 20, 19. 18, 17, 16, 15, 14, 13, 12, 11, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. We inhale for one, two, three. Four, five, keep going, you've got this. 
six, seven. Keep going, eight, nine, Nice, full, deep inhales. We really want to feel the expansion in our bodies here. Learning to embody what expansion means inside and outside as we send that breath and energy out around our auras. Keep going. You got this. If your pace doesn't match my count, just keep Honoring your body, honor your pace. You got this. We're halfway there. We're going to take it through our last 10 breaths. Deepening that inhale. Twenty six, twenty seven, twenty eight, twenty nine, thirty. Make it count. Deep inhale, gentle exhale, releasing the air and hold. Let's hold for as long as feels good to you here. So maybe that's longer than 30 seconds. And I'll keep quiet here with no count. Just relax your shoulders and your facial muscles. Relax your wrists, wherever they are. What does my inner guidance want me to know right now? just give you a few more moments to remain in this space to fully embody what it is you feel and as you feel called to come back to this space just taking any movements you feel intuitively called to make And gently opening your eyes when you feel called. Mm. Mm. Yes. And the new hello. <laughs> the new hello. <laughs> My goodness. Yeah. 
Mm. Just looking around every at everything right now and at you. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Breathwork has such an amazing power to have you start anew it's just things are brighter and clearer and even more present and just mm. here something i've used to describe breath work as i've gone through this you know nine month training with hella and lucas is i say that it's a clearing of the path a way to make space for the new and it's the idea, you know, when used consistently in your in your life daily, not only does it, it begin to clear the path, like a spring cleaning inside your body, but you begin just to embody those higher vibrations more frequently and then create from that space more frequently. Mm. So now you're you're not standing in like this. Um, like when you approach uncertainty or fear, you're not, you're no longer facing it with this thought that I need to just, okay, I just need to face whatever's going to happen. I can hand like, you know, when you go through your mind and you're saying I can handle it, like, okay, whatever happens is okay. And that's a great way to, to move through some negative thought loops and initially, but with this, in this fourth dimension, I feel like I'm trying to live in a bit more. There's this space you begin to, to embody where you're like, okay, I'm excited with the uncertainty because everything's uncertain. Like everything is unknown. And, and I think that's really kind of the, that's the up level is being able to love it, create in it, thrive in the unknown. That's what breathwork I feel helps, helps me do on a regular basis. As long as I stay consistent coming back to my breath. Mm. What a beautiful message to kind of kick this off with. And I think, you know, it's interesting. I asked Hamid what was one thing he wished he knew and what would he tell his younger self about the spiritual journey? And what he said was to be more comfortable in the uncertainty. Don't always need to have an answer. That's just the ego wanting certainty, wanting answers, feeling comfortable when it feels like it's out of home. But in the uncertainty is where the beauty of the desire is. That's where the yearning is. And so that is really such a special place to be because like you said, everything is uncertain. And so thank you for that. that that's amazing. That's so beautiful that he shared that. And I love the synchronicity there. I love Hamid. Um, yeah. And I, I like that he said that that's where the yearning is. The yearning um, is in the uncertainty. Like you're, it's very poetic, right? To think about life that way. And I enjoy that space. So the uncertainty is beautiful and learning how to live in that space. Um, it's definitely something I'm getting better with. I'm not there yet because, you know, for me, you know, we've been on this journey together about you helping me be more in my feminine. And for me, the uncertainty is that dark feminine kind of nothing. It's like that, that soup really, um, that dark space of uncertainty and learning how to swim in that confidently and the masculine in you likes answers. It likes the structure. It likes the stuff that's made manifest already. So, you know, that's, that's a good teaching for me as well. You know, there's so bringing balance to the feminine and masculine. So, you know, I love watching you try your, try your, 
dipping your toe in or, you know, practicing whatever, like when we wanted to, to allow flow in more, to practice what that would feel like in our bodies, just to bring in the feminine a bit more, like bringing a little bit more balance and baby steps is a really great way to practice building. Yeah. And I guess let's, let's just maybe use that as a jumping off point. I know we have so much to talk about today um, and it's going to go deep, but the, maybe let's talk about the feminine energy and how it's been guiding your life for the last couple of years. And I, I remember us talking and you're saying, I'm really stepping into this and really starting to embody this. And it's been such a beautiful blossoming to see you really embrace that. And then to get to share space with you, a ton of space with you in Sedona yeah. um, this past year you're a big teacher for me and a big example. So I just want to talk a little bit about this feminine space, what it means for you and how you sort of found your way into it and what it's given you. So I know that's a lot, but just feminine. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, I remember actually when I first met you, that was one of the things you said to me was like, you're flowing with, we had just met, but whatever energy you felt off of me was you're just flowing. You're in your feminine. And I was just I don't know that I even understood that I was in my feminine at that time. I just was at a place, um, maybe a year and a half out of my dark night, two years. Cause I was finally getting out into community, uh, you know, coming out of the dark for real after the second year after your dark night, you know? <laughs> so for me, what that meant to begin with was just being graceful with like myself and being, patient and being compassionate and being very, um, very patient, just very patient and open to whatever, because I was so hurt right inside all of what I was holding. I mean, the list could go on. It doesn't matter. You're hurt. Right. So how do you continue to walk forward? You just, you need a little bit of like extra love and compassion towards yourself. And so for me, that's what the feminine started to embody to begin with. It was which, and it probably always is that way. It's just a lot of love towards yourself, a lot of kindness. Mm -hmm. And that was me, you know, when you go into fit for service, you don't know anybody and you don't really know what's going to happen. Right. And, and so leading with that was all I had, right. A lot of love for myself and what I was stepping into. I was also really ready um, for the journey. And so rather than me feeling like sad, and loving myself. I was loving myself and energized for what was to come. I was like, and open. I was just like, so I think that's also very feminine too. So you have the love and then you're very open. You're in flow, right? Mm. In flow. And if you could contrast it to where you were before you discovered how to step into your feminine, what was life like before adding more of that piece in? Okay. So me 10 years ago, mm so much love for me 10 years ago, very much in my masculine, like 80 hour work weeks in corporate America, driving a sales force, managing a team, managing multiple locations um, at one time. And so very task, very sales, very do. And love, let me, don't, don't get it twisted. I absolutely love that that version of me too. I loved what I was doing. I loved how good I was at it. I loved the feeling that invoked in me. I love cut to now. I love um, collaborating with that version of me too, to create my new world. It's mm -hmm. just now I'm balanced with, and that's a continuous process, but I'm, 
I, there wasn't so much feminine. I wasn't going home like in a well, well-rounded way with a, a personal life um, that I was nourished by. It was mostly work and yeah, I didn't know how to feed the other side of me at all. Mm. I wasn't giving it any light. Yeah. And I think that's, maybe that's a good thing to say too, is like the difference between the masculine and feminine. So for anybody out there listening or watching, um, you know, we have two energies and that's inherent in everything in the universe. It's one of the laws of the universe, the law of gender, everything has a masculine and a feminine. And just to put it simply, masculine is very doing feminine is very being. And I think in our culture, in our society, we're taught to be human doings. And now something is coming back online where we need to really step more into our, our beings. And this isn't male, female. There's a lot of men out there who are very in touch with their feminine side and they know how to be really well. Um, but so, so yeah, so I just wanted to make that little distinction for people who are just hearing masculine, feminine for the first time. And they think it's male, female. It's not, it's, it's energy we're speaking of. Hmm. there's so much that comes up for me even in just sitting with what we're just talking about and I mean I don't have to go too deep into this but let's say you have a parent who's more of one and and therefore not a balanced of both for you know your dynamic with them I um I feel like I have have this and so I've (laughs) I I think everyone does that's not just me but maybe how you can start that conversation with them would be from an open, loving place and, um, and showing them and showing them in your own actions too, like holding space for them, wherever they're at. I, uh, am specifically what I'm kind of thinking of now is like, when I told my mom, my mother, she's so busy with work. And sometimes that really hurts me like I cannot find I couldn't pay to have the time with her sometimes it's like Mm -hmm. difficult and that really hurts me and so um when I tell her that I need more time or what I need from her is time and connection like and maybe maybe something described that is not her personality she'll reply with you know I'm busy I I just need this time to accomplish this and also that's not me you know I don't know how to be that And so I think, what would I say to someone who says, I don't know how to be that? Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, showing up with holding the space in your own energy is so important. I think, but just also having these consistent conversations with them. I don't really know if I have an answer, but bringing that up is at least important for sure. Does your mom ever say stuff like, I need more self-care? Or does she ever like say that she needs to do like without having the verbiage to say, bring in the feminine, does she ever say, oh, I need more time or anything like that? Yeah. You know, she said, she's even said, like, I think she said, I, I need, I need uh, less responsibility or I, you know, I don't need to be responsible for everything. Or I think she said, alluded to something like that effect. So maybe just the weight of it all seems or her story of the weight of it all. I mean, by now we're adult, her children are adults and need a different dynamic for this adult parent child relationship. Mm. Yeah. And my mom, um, now she's beautiful and feminine, you know, looking, but she's very good at being very busy. She goes to the gym all the time. 
time. She works all the time. She's very good at that. Um, and sometimes she says, I need a little bit more me time, or I need a little bit more self-care. And I feel like that's her calling in the feminine without knowing to say, I need to call. So, and, and I've even had people in my life too, who are very flowy and they don't have a lot of structure. And then they'll reflect to me, Danny, I need more structure in my life. What do I do? So it's almost like people know a little bit about what they need or what they need to balance right. with their stuff. And you know, that's why in my courses, I love to teach about the masculine and feminine because it gave me a, a, a chart sort of to look at, to say, oh, my indecisiveness is actually me not putting my masculine foot down. That's just me being like, oh, I don't really care what we do, but like, no. So when yeah. I teach about that, and that was a big epiphany for me is seeing how to balance my energy out and really in harmony. I think a yin and a yang you know, the reason why it's so beautiful and why it's so balanced is because the dark and the light, the masculine and the feminine are in perfect balance. And so I think that's what we're all striving for is to bring that into being this balance. Mm. Yeah. And just continuing the conversations around them so that when a more masculine female or a more feminine male knows that they want to balance their energies that they can have those safe conversations, safe space conversations to express their needs. Mm, yes, yes, mm, yes. So, okay. Um, there's so much I could talk about, but I guess let, let's, let's take it back and then we'll work our way from like 10 years ago, Mallory, all the way up into teaching breathwork and why you're teaching breathwork and going through Awaken. Um, and so I'm sure people have heard of Awaken breathwork or it's starting to come online a lot now, but you went through one of the most prestigious yeah. you know, schools and trainings and it was really intensive. Um, but I want to get, I want to go first back and see what brought us to this point. Uh, well, thank you for asking. Let me see. So if we take it back, I, I've been thinking lately of what would I tell my younger self and things like that. So it's not too far-fetched for me to get right back to there. I mentioned before that I was like corporate America, 80-hour work weeks. That's like the 20-year-old me, right? That's that whole decade of time, um, putting time into my career. And I was, I mean, I loved academics. I loved work. I loved competitive. I love I loved accomplishing, like I loved being good at things, just a lot of that. And um, so I spent my time building my career. And um, but before that, I think I think just stepping back just a little bit before that was where I grew up in Oklahoma. And that was a small town in Oklahoma. And it's nothing of like I live where I live now, which is Philadelphia. And so it's a small town, majorly white. And I want to um, just touch on like how that made me feel um, growing up as a biracial a biracial girl with a, a white mother and a Palestinian father in the heartland of America right like my Arabic side was never really nourished and um, because it wasn't really nourished I wasn't able to find myself I wasn't really truly able to know myself and so um, that was like the younger years, right? Like me always mimicking what I saw to fit in. And that happened to be the more white side of me. And that is half of me. So it's not like I'm shunning it. It's just that when a part of you gets no light and then then it can feel like you're not fully evolved into who you, your authentic self. And that is what I carried with me all the way into um, 
you know, I remember going into college and looking around, I went to the University of Oklahoma and it's just like the same thing I grew up with though. It's like all cookie cutter and nobody looked like me. So I'm just, it was difficult to continue trying to fit in. I think at that time I was like, I can't do this anymore. I think I went two and a half, three years into college and I left and that's when it started my 10 year decade of career driven. Now I was really good at it, right? Like I said, like I enjoyed it. So it's not like I understood that it was, I was miserable. I didn't, I, I don't know that I knew I was miserable. I felt miserable, but like, not that I could, could choose differently or something. Not that I could actually be the one in control of how I was feeling and that. And so you go 10 years of that route of just doing, driving in a direction. You're not exactly sure in which direction you're just going there not feeling it, not feeling embodied, by the way, this whole time, we're not fully embodied. And uh, it got to a breaking point. And so this breaking point for me leads up closer to my 30s. And all right, so I stacked on everything else. Let me tell you, I, I started to what came to a head was I wanted to deal with my sexual trauma at this time. So I'm like 28. It's time to deal with the sexual trauma. I literally feel like there's an elephant on my chest. So if I don't like verbalize it, speak about it, I don't know. I feel like I'm going to die. So I did. I verbalized the situation. There was a, a sexual trauma that happened to me in my younger years, like 12 or 14 in my own household. Right. And so when I verbalized this to the aggressor again and confronted him and, um, it didn't go the way you'd right the way you'd want it to go and so what happened after that 28 at 28 was my spiral downward and every year after that for like the next four or five years i just completely went from here having a, like an executive level position at my at my company to i was in jail <laughs> to i was in jail and that's it it just took four or five years to get there. Um, and I had lost all contact with my family, like zero family interaction. I, my good 20 year childhood friendships that I nourished and really cared about gone. Um, I don't think that they knew how to handle or hold the space for what it was I was going through. You know, when you, when you think of things like it's something only a mother would love or imagine that but that concept but that this wasn't even something that my mother was loving it was it was actually what separated us um my need to kind of heal this sexual trauma because it happened in the household um so yeah it took that long to get down to rock bottom and it was at that time of rock bottom that I realized you're either going to keep dying or you're going to live but you're going to choose it either way like you're not just going to keep falling or flailing hopeless, like either die or live. <laughs> and so it's that kind of conversation I had with myself that made me decide to live. And um, I did. I, I began the journey out of the dark night. And I was telling you this before, but it's so true. Just because you decide to come out of your dark night doesn't mean like, like tomorrow you're all in the light. It took me two years from that space of deciding to come into to come into the light. It felt like a much lighter light because I was 
I was um, healing all of the wounds. I was consciously sitting in the muck and that's, that's still light, but it's just a lot of heaviness. It's just a lot of heaviness. Explain a little bit about consciously sitting in the muck um, and a little bit about the dark night before we get out of the dark night. Cause I think this is a term that people are starting to understand and then they can look back and go, Oh, I'm either in it right now, or I was in that for a little while. And yeah. I think it's something that we all go through and it's something that's totally normal. And I think that anybody on the spiritual path, they think it's all sunshine and rainbows and love and light. And like, uh -huh. it's not like that at all. <laughs> uh -huh. In fact, the more you go towards the light, the more dark stuff you're going to have to really. So I want to kind of, um, I don't know, soften the dark night a little bit or make it seem like it's not just those people out there who are spiraling right now, but what is it like to consciously sit in the shit mm. and why is it important? Mm. <sighs> Underneath all of the thought loops and the like weight of the negative dark cloud there is you like there you're there and you some sometimes you might feel like you don't even know you or you can't see you and you don't even know if you'll ever be back and that's a really that's a really dark place to sit it's very hopeless and but i'm i i am here to tell you that if you can continue to consciously sit in it rather than sitting in it in this very victim, very hopeless space. If you can move towards a little bit of gratitude, even when nothing, it, there's really nothing you enjoy, speak the gratitude into existence at that point. It will start to evolve around you, but you've got to consciously choose it. That's the That was the hardest part, I think because I was moving towards um, a goal, life. I was moving towards life and I had no idea what that looked like. To me, life was misery. Life was holding on to sexual trauma and, and shunning, shutting your voice about it. Like never speaking about a sexual trauma and living in the dark, hiding in the corner, but acting like you're okay. You don't know exactly what life looks like over here. So consciously sitting in it means I'll tell you, developing a routine every day. At this point, when you choose to step out of a dark night, it is not about bargaining with yourself. It is literally about discipline to move you from here to like way over there. But to get way over there takes a lot of every day, every day. There's no missed days in this. Um, you start to develop a life you want to save a life you want to create a life you want to be a part of mm -hmm. um so choose the things that that really nourish you breath work meditation yoga i think at first i literally um i enjoyed jordan peterson to help me jump start me into my discipline and he was like make your bed every day and i said okay that's all i could do at first <laughs> i could only make my bed mm -hmm. And that evolved to, you know, the handful of modalities that I keep on my tool belt now. And I weave in and out of what it is I need for each day. Um, but at first, there's really no bargaining about it. At first, be disciplined about it. And you'll start to create a life you want to maintain, a life you want to build. Mm. 
That's so good. So powerful. And what were some of the inner work, maybe the inner conversations that were going on, the lessons that you were learning along the way? And like, so the discipline stuff, that's like the exterior to physically pull yourself out. But what about to make you mentally not want to go back to that place? What were, what was the self-talk like? Okay. So at first your self-talk is very like questionable, you know, and at first you're mean to yourself and all the, all those things that you've, I'm sure you've heard, you know, or that, you know, but it's like you, you start taking on affirmations every day and you don't have to read them from anywhere. This, these are going to come naturally. Like if you are normally saying things one way to yourself, just start going the more positive direction. This does not have to be hard or rocket science. This is as simple as I am worthy of love. Mm-hmm. I am love. I am safe. I am safe. I am capable. So you just start developing these affirmations in your head that really counter what it is you're already saying negatively to yourself. You let me just take a moment here to like insert the fact that we have so much innate knowledge within us and coming back to this truth, this trust in ourselves is everything, is everything. I that's that's what this whole journey has been for me, being able to trust my inner guidance again. Mm. Um, yeah, I think that if you have addictions and, uh, tumultuous inner interpersonal relationships, these things can be a little more difficult to start because, you know, your support around you, or even inside you, if you have addictions, let's say is, um, not stable and that's okay though. That's okay. Because as you get started, as you add more into this, like if you imagine it as a scale and like right now you've got a a higher negative cloud, right? But as you add more into this bucket, it starts to like even out. And as you keep adding more, it starts to raise. And so that's exactly how it works. Mm -hmm. Part of my journey also included releasing addictions and and to prescription medications I was on for over 12 years. The kind that they don't want you to come off of and the kind that are real difficult to come off of. And I no longer, I no longer do that for the last couple of years. I haven't taken prescription medications and that's also a separate journey in itself. We could go into, because that's a really deep conversation about your biology and, and feeling safe in your body again. Um, but it's all possible with the right mindset. And yeah. And did you have anybody around you like that would support you or was it all really a self journey? This at first was a self journey. And I guess it has to be right at first. It's like the choice has to be yours. People can put you into a treatment center. People can do all of these beautiful things for you, but until you are the one that wants to go on the journey and go for it, it's really going to fall on deaf ears. So I think that the personal journey is needs to be decided first. And then, and then it's kind of like, then the community shows up to kind of boost you and get you to the next level and excite you. It's almost like going to the gym. And then, you know, at first it's like, a you know, you start going, you do cardio and eventually little muscles start to grow. And then eventually, you know, you start to feel good about yourself. So for me, it's, it it reminds me of that self-discipline at first, and then it starts to snowball and get better and better. But at first, you know, it's going to be 
your bicep curl is going to feel really weird. It's going to not be connected. It's, and uh, but if you keep showing up to do it, eventually it'll be strong and you'll be able to make a muscle one day and it'll be like that. Um, okay. So coming out of the dark night, so you're sitting in there two years consciously in it, working your way through it, self-discipline, nice self-talk. Um, and then, and then what? Well, and then I knew before I knew a year prior to joining Fit for Service, I said, community is going to be a big part of this for me. It's going to be a part of it because I want to maintain and sustain my growth. And I'm going to need a, a bunch of mirrors. Like I'm going to need people to hold me. Mm-hmm. And while I can't find those people now, like, and, and not yet, because I knew I wanted to, to, work on my family relationships again. Like I knew I wanted to mend all those relationships. I knew it wasn't going to be right away and I needed to be healed first. So I just knew I needed community. So that was the next step was like looking for people, like-minded people that I was like, all right, these people have been through some stuff. They're still in some stuff, but they need some love. I need some love. And that's what I, that's what I did. I started looking into, I found Aubrey's podcast and I was like, and then I, I love Joe Rogan, right? Like he pulled me out of some funk too, because he's a, he's a great guy. And it's just like, you start interacting on YouTube, right? With all these people that you start and you're like, okay, I see a world where I can start living and I want to live. And that's it. I joined Fit for Service and took that year to really, I'd already been doing so much work though on myself that I felt I was right where I needed to be when I joined. I was like, <laughs> like this is gonna keep this is man I just felt fed and that doesn't mean that all of this hasn't stopped like I release the story every day like every day I have to sit and release my stories and it's just that now we've got some good community and a little it takes a little less time to bounce back right and you and and I, I've added a nice giggle into the in-betweens of everything like I can laugh at even the hard stuff now. That's okay. That's good. It's so good. It's so sweet. And I love how you said a group of mirrors. Mm. We're all mirrors, right? And I'm actually listening to Ram Dass's book right now, Polishing the Mirror. And when I do plant medicine, that's basically my ask is like, polish me, show me where I'm smudged. Because when I'm with people, I want to reflect the very best to them, the very blessed that they have in them. I want them to see. Uh, And so I love the idea of everybody being a mirror. And I think that's a really beautiful way to look at human relationships because even sometimes we'll see ourselves 10 years ago, or we'll see our, we'll be reflected back to an old version of ourselves and we can have compassion for that person, or we'll see another reflection of something that we really aspire to be. And so I think looking at everybody as a reflection and aspects of who we are gives us compassion and excitement for our journey back and forth. So I love that analogy with the mirrors. Um, and the importance of community and satsang, you know, like a, a tribe of truth seekers where we're all looking for the same thing. And I've never, you know, the stuff that the fit for service community, I've never met a community of people where people can't wait to love you. They can't wait to meet yeah. you and give you the biggest, longest hug ever. And they can't wait to see you and love you. And that's what I, 
I was like, man, this, I can't believe there's humans out here like this. It's so outside the norm, but it shouldn't be, you know, it makes me sad that it's not normal, but it's nice that we have found our little tribe and community. Well, and what is so apparent is like, it's not even of the same personality, like no one has the same personality. And that's what I love about this too, is like, you show up as you are and people are ready to love you as you are. And it's like, I can show up in all my, with all my baggage that I can help release. I'll, you know, I'll learn to release in this journey, but I'll show up as I am and my quirks and awkwardness and whatever. It's like, it's all welcome. And so that begins the healing process. I think deep healing process when you're able to be seen, Mm. when you're able to be seen and held for exactly as you are. Yeah. And holding space. Like there's, this community is so good at holding space, even to just listen to you speak or to reflect different things back to you. I've never experienced that in my life until Sedona a couple of years ago when I met you and people just sit and listen to you and they don't need to necessarily answer or fix it, but maybe they're just doing the me too thing um, or just listening and holding. And I think that's imp- an important part on the spiritual journey is learning how to hold space and also learning how to be held. Um, yeah both right you come out with a certificate in both (laughs) yeah Yeah. well and on this journey let me tell you I may not have been able to be held when I first started coming out of the dark night but I did have I decided to simultaneously stop taking prescriptions and build rebuild my relationships to family right and so even though they weren't as supportive like at least I had some kind of open connection and um Anyway, I began taking care of my father and moved to Philadelphia after that's when the dark night kind of started uh, to end is when I moved here and was able to be seen for the first time differently um, in a really diverse environment. And he, you know, he wasn't well either, though. But on this journey of me um, through fit for service and finding my mirrors that I needed, I was able to become a mirror for him, too. And it was like, so it was like, a lot of a lot of ancestral a lot of um just family trauma healing that you that you need that that I think is needed and that takes people healing themselves and then coming back into the fire um not just like setting boundaries and staying gone like come back in and help your family or you know your blood come back in and, and let your legacy mean something more than you just stood on your own That's really important to me. You know, I've got Palestinian blood running through me. I literally don't know that it's any other choice. Like I, I feel my ancestors calling me the first breathwork session I had with Hella and Lucas. I was like, I just healed today. And then like, I could feel my ancestors being like, do this. And that's so great because I wanted to bring this back to my people and my family in Palestine too. When I first did the breathwork, I thought I want to offer this and I want to give it to my people. I'm like, in my mind, I'm like healing the, I'm healing the religious war between Israel and Palestine. I'm like, but first they got to learn how to breathe. (laughs) (laughs) Because, and I'm also watching that heal my father. Like I'm watching it in baby steps, heal, heal some things with my father. And that took me being able, me healing myself first and to be able to reflect that back to him, that it's possible to heal. Yes. Mm. And your first breathwork session, was that in Sedona? Was that at the summit with them? The first long one. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. I, and I remember it was right. I think after that, or maybe the, a day after that, you were like, I think I want to lead breath work. Yeah. It was yeah. like so clear. And then you were going to go travel and do it, but it was like something you were like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm like sure about this. And then to see you enroll in the program and go through the whole, what, nine month program. It's yeah. like a deal. It's a big deal. Yeah. And we just finished. Yeah. We just finished. I take my certification, my test and everything finalized at January 31st. So I'm done with the, co- the course. So I just have to submit test and I mean, listen, it's so great. The The breathwork session gave me this sense of my calm power that I've, I've literally kept this phrase from that day to today. And I'm not forcing this, this phrase. It's, it's literally what I feel. I'm like, how do I describe what I feel? This is like a calm power. And it just, that's what it is. I embody that when I come back to myself, I'm like, oh, so now I know for a year, I've been coming back to calm power. When I know, when I start to feel into that calm power, I'm like, create from here, decide from here, choose from here, anything else. I'm not, I'm taking a break. If I'm feeling anything else, I'm not deciding anything that's going to change the trajectory of my path. Really. I'm going to really want to I really want to evolve from this place for a while. Mm. And that doesn't have to necessarily be what people do. Like, this is just what I'm deciding to do. I'm taking this as a challenge. I'm like, for the last 30 something years, I made decisions from the most lack, the most scared, the most shut down. I'm going to only move for a while from here. Let's see what we can do this way. That inspires me. That gives me goosebumps. Mm. That's what it does. And that's how I would describe you. Um, calm power. That's just what I think of when I think of you, because it's like this powerful being that is calm and discerning and waits to talk and waits to do things. And when she does do something, it's something she really wants to do. And usually something that she just manifested like 10 minutes ago, because I remember being on the plane with you, um, going to Sedona this year. And you're like, Hey, we should do retreats together. What if we did yoga and breath work? Like, what if we did this and that? And then all of a sudden we show up to camp and they're like, Hey, who wants to do a morning routine? I was like, we just like an hour ago, set that up. So it's, and then to watch you facilitate in that calm power, just stood up and just did it. And some of the pictures you have just exude that. And what a beautiful, what a beautiful marriage of the masculine and the feminine, you know, the calm feminine and the powerful masculine to me, that's both of them just, just present. So I love it. And it's something that I come back to a lot too. It's something, cause I can be I can be powerful, but I don't know, calm. It doesn't come so easy for me. I can be like, wow. Um, so I think about you and how you move and how you decide things. And it's, um, it's, it's great for me. So I'm happy that you mentioned calm power because it came to me when you were speaking earlier. And I'm like, Oh, we definitely have to get to that little tagline. Um, but so, so breath work. Um, and I, I just want to say real quick that I, I see calm in you too. I don't see that if you were implying spastic or something or like, you know, it's not, I don't see you like that. I see you energized and that's a much more contained space, you know, like that's a contained power that you're, and you, and you've got the like direction too. And so it's not just, if you went like this and I'm thinking, she thinks she's all over the place and I think she's, she's honing it. And so I see it that way for you. Mm. 
Okay. Thank you. Thank you. I received that. That feels, that does feel more like me than spazzy. Okay. It's, it's directed. It feels, <laughs> feels like a lot sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. What's going on inside is not necessarily, it, it does. Your inside does usually match your outside, but sometimes you can like hold a lot of wind, a lot of gust going on inside and then you harness it. And I think that's really powerful. Mm. Mm. Thank you. So um, just to like kind of tie in the breathwork thing or kind of put a cap on that, because I want to get to Palestine in a minute, but the breathwork, I want, I want to know what do you think it is? What is the power of it? Why did you decide to teach this and to become a facilitator? And like, what have you learned through your training that you want to share with people who maybe don't know what breath work is other, and this isn't pranayama. This isn't yogic uh, alternate nostril breathing. When I tell people breath work, sometimes that's what they think. And I'm like, oh no, we're like releasing natural DMT in your brain right now. So wow. it's very much not it's yeah. So, um, please. It's not pranayama. No. That's Tagline, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So imagine experiencing something after, you know, two years coming out of a dark night that was in that session healing. You could feel the deep DNA healing in your body and the beginning of a creating of a path towards some some really big light. Like I try not to make that sound like so woo woo. I mean, I, it was very tangible. It was something that I felt. And, and so, and I was still playing with the idea of what I wanted to do going back to work. I was caring. I'm, I am still caring for my father. So, but I had just began caring for my father full time. And I was like, okay, well, do I want to go back to corporate eventually as I begin to get back to a safe space and that just didn't set well with me I was like okay I mean I can be good at it but is it going to feed my soul and that's how we're moving now <laughs> every step we take <laughs> has to feed the soul <laughs> so I just I connected with breathwork in that way and I was like it doesn't even matter like what my long-term plan is with it. It was, this is next. And the, I get, I keep giving nods to that old 10 year ago version, me, the one that driven me, the ambitious me, there's not always something wrong with that ambition. I'm able to bring her back in. So now I'm able to create this longer path of breath work. And that includes, that includes as I've taken time to build community in the space around me, that includes offering what I've use to help heal myself to the space and the community here in Philadelphia. That includes offering virtual, obviously, to people all over the world. The next, the next big step would be to obviously travel to Palestine in April and offer breath work and yoga to my family in Palestine. And that feels so potent. That feels so powerful. That feels so meaningful. That feels purposeful. Um, oh my gosh, you know, I've already shared this with one with my one of my uncles. He lives here in Philly and he his reaction to this work. So seeing someone, you know, native to Palestine, much older, receiving this work in such a healing and like 
responsive way is like, okay, yep. And breathwork works every time. It doesn't work the same necessarily, but every time it works. And it's helped me heal and transform past traumas that I've, that I've held on to. It's helped me witness and hold a higher vibration in myself. It's helped me to transform these really limiting beliefs that I've held on to. I don't even know where I got some of them, right? Like you don't even always know where they began. It's helped me to step into my power. Yeah. And, and show up. So now I'm able to also, now what do I do with that? Cause it's not just where you, you, you elevate and stay at home. I'm elevating and walking outside into my community. And now I've got people. I made a whole friend group at my dog park here. My dog, Jewel, she has a whole friend group of dogs and humans. And that's me showing up and being a light from this higher space that I've created. Like now, now we're affecting more than just yourself. And that's really key with this work too, for me. It's like, I, I want to share it. What have you seen happen in some of your breathwork sessions, um, one-on-one -on -one and in group? Like, what are the responses that people have in physical and maybe emotional or spiritual? Well, so many. I mean, it ranges from like crying or shake, crying and shaking and releasing in all different kinds of ways. And so physically it's, it can be a lot, but your body takes the front seat for the first time. You know, we let the back, the mind take the back seat. So your body is going through all the healing that it needs. And so you're releasing with everything from like yawning, dry mouth, screams, deeper, shallow breathing that we want to keep into this more active circular breath to help send that energy throughout your body. Um, you can, you know, they lose, lose temperature in their body, like cold and hot. It's just like your body is, is healing itself. And then, and, and you're, you don't even have to know why or what it's doing. It's don't worry. It knows. Okay. <laughs> and, and I love that. So for each person, it's different each time. And even if they go through those, they're going to go through the waves of emotions. Cause that's also included. It's not just physical, the tingling, the numbing, the tetany that can come on when you're maybe exerting less or more uh, exhales and you're like hyperventilating a bit more because of the thoughts coming in, your body starts to react to those thoughts. And that's a really powerful thought, right? And then, and then just the way that they kind of, you'll see some regulars keep coming back to my group breathworks here in, in the city, for example, and they keep bringing what they're holding with them for like that last week or, or something that's really heavy on them for a while. And they're, they, they're able to sit with it in those sessions. So they're able to sit with themselves present moment, but also go back in the past, heal maybe what they did or what they saw, or what they, what they're feeling. And then also simultaneously, right. In this whole session, embody their higher self and then figure out their future. And so you're able to come into this place of like present, past and future in the same session. And that's really, that's really great to witness. It's also great to witness them walk in one way and leave a completely different way. Even the notes they take when they're journaling. I, I just had a, a client um, on Sunday tell me, she goes, when I, she goes, I looked at my, my journaling when I, I looked at my journaling and I saw what I first journaled when I got here, even the writing is different after your integration. She's like, the way I sounded, 
the type of words I was using, all different. And so I was like, that's so great to hear for you. Like, of course you did. That's what you get with this. Mm, that's feels very accurate for from the breathwork sessions that I've had. Um, it's it always seems to be very higher self for me. Like when you asked at the beginning, what is your higher guidance want to tell you? It's always a conversation with me and my higher self. So today she said, or it said, they said, um, they said, <laughs> hell yeah, girl, <laughs> keep walking. Cause my, oh. yeah. It's a, Cause my thing is like walking and talking each other home. And so it kind of felt like you're doing it, like you're stepping up, you're just, you're doing it. So it was very encouraging. Um, and even when we did the breath work with you in Sedona and we had that higher self meditation that you guided us through, yeah. I will never forget seeing myself. And it was right after we did breath work. So everything was open, everything was tingly. And I usually do get the tetany. I mean, my mouth almost started to close up right when we were finishing today. And I was like, I don't even know if I could talk yet. You might have to give me a minute. So it was starting. And I was like, oh shit, but my hands will do it. My mouth does it? Cause when I do breath work, like I'm here to, I'm here to work. It's not like, I don't go into it lightly. Like I really, um, but the one in Sedona, I'll never forget the picture of myself. I was all in this white, like beautiful robe. And I was behind the most beautiful green forest, just Ivy pouring everywhere. It was all just like this dark lush green. And I was all in white. And I remember like what you led us through. I walked into, I was standing face to face with my higher self and then all of a sudden sh we just merged and we bowed to each other. Mm -hmm. And then when we looked up, we just became the same. So I will never forget you leading us through that, but it was beautiful because it wasn't just a regular meditation. You opened us up with the breath work first and it like knocks down your inhibitions and all of that stuff. And then the shaking happened to me um, with Hella and Lucas mm -hmm. at the service thing. I remember I was could. I mean, I don't, I don't, convulsing is probably the wrong word, tremors, head tremors. And it was almost like I was releasing something I didn't know that was there. It was very nervous system like. And yeah. then the message, then I was receiving during the, the tremors. Yeah. And it was very like, God, you are divine. Like, remember this. Like, don't you see yourself? It was like the divine was like, will you look at yourself already and stop acting like you don't know? So it was like, and then I couldn't even talk. It would took me like an hour or two to even talk. Right. I was like, I don't even know what just happened. Like, we're just, I remember even, I think you were next to me, my are, but I remember my lips were together and I couldn't, I remember just like, wow, it's <laughs> not cute. And you're just like, what is happening? Um, it's okay though. That's that happens too. That's okay. I, I think there's a lot of tension that we hold in our jaws and our shoulders and in our wrists even, you know? And, and so I don't know if this is for everybody or if the technique goes to these spots, but you'll feel these things th in areas like your jaw, your neck, your shoulders, your wrists, your forearms. And that all seems to be places that we hold ourselves so tightly. Mm. And mm. I mean, even in your hips that carry so much weight on either end, I've been bringing a lot of intentional um, releasing and healing to our hip area because it's not just tension that we hold it's emotions too. And, and so even before I get started with a breathwork session, I'll move through like a 10 minute yoga flow to help open up the hips a bit more so that we're able to get into the session and receive a bit more than we can, than you'd come in off the street and get, um, all these things to help open you up a bit more. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 
Um, and so you want to bring this to Palestine now. And so you're going to visit, wait, you've been studying Arabic. You're really finding a flow with it. Yeah, and awesome. Can you, can you share a word with me? Like <gasps> hello or something? If you want to hear a word, I can say marhaba. That's hello. Okay. Marhaba. Marhaba. <laughs> so you want to roll? Let me help teach you this one word. And others listening can, can too. So this is marhaba. Mar. mar Haba. Haba. There you go. Okay. Marhaba. Marhaba. There it is. No. A lot of rolling of the R's. And listen, my I am developing a personality. <laughs> I am enjoying. You know, they say when you learn a language that you'll start to develop a little bit more of a different personality or a different one will come out when you speak the language. And so I'm saying it's already inside of me. I'm just letting it out. Like it's been caged up my whole life. It's ready to learn some native tongue and go to Palestine in April. So I'm going to take the whole month. I'm going to take my dad and, you know, he hasn't been for like 20 years. So just imagine not being in your own home for a while, like where you come from. And I haven't been since I was three. So even for me, I'm like, I feel it in my bones and in my soul, but I don't remember. I remember the taste of the of the sage tea and I and the pretty trees with the flowers and the pictures and milking the goat and and riding the camels and things like that. But like and I have pictures to prove it, right? This time I want to go back and solidify it again in my body and in my spirit. I don't know that I'll be speaking so fluently with my language, but I am, I'm taking a course twice a week. <laughs> and so it just takes, it drains me in so many new ways. So actually really incorporating my breath work and my routines and my rituals to help keep me at my highest optimization, like helps with learning the language. Mm -hmm. Keeps me on my A game. So yeah, I'll go in April. It'll be over Easter, which is so cool to me because it'll be like a really religious time and just to witness everybody in their element there and to get a feel for the climate. You know, I know it's right now with Israel's new regime change, it being a little bit more conservative and more it, the most religious regime they've ever had. And just what that means for the people of Palestine and the holy land right like what that means because it's something that's affected all of us even over here whether we understand that or not or are aware of it or know about it um yeah so i just want to go over there and experience my my heritage and in, in the holy land on a pilgrimage during easter and you apparently you can surf in the red sea and i want to do that too and go sleep in the desert literally in a in a tent <laughs> Mm -hmm. and, and just get real spiritual, maybe bring a few chocolate mushrooms on my luggage on the way there and just get one with it. You already know. <laughs> I love that. I And so what, what happens around Easter there? What's, what do they celebrate or what's like, what's kind of happening in the, in the air? Well, there's, it's like the center for the three, for, for the three major, three major religions. So you've got your Jews, you've got your Muslims and you've got your Christians, but like all there in the Holy Land, actually. So there's division of where you can say, well, primarily Christian, uh, Christian Arabs live here, but primarily, you know, Jews live here, primarily Muslim Arabs live here, but it's all centered around 
like the temple, the the mo the mosque, um, not just the mosque, but just like the Holy Land there of Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Okay, so that's what I was gonna ask next. Is like, what? Where's the Holy Land? Where is it? Is that Israel, Jerusalem, or right? So it's Jerusalem, and I think in the forties you can find a map of where it says Palestine on the on the map. Now you're not gonna find a, a map with the word Palestine on it. Even it's just like been so many years of the Israelis kind of, um, you know, wanting to take away that Palestinians are people. And, mm. and so, I mean, that's a reality. Isn't that crazy? That's like, that's, that, that's also been interesting for my healing. Cause it's like, I come from a huge lineage of people being run out of their home and how do they feel about their self-worth and all of those things. And so just like, just witnessing that in my body as I heal ancestral trauma mm. or when I take psychedelics and I go in with an intention to sit with my past lives or to sit with my ancestors for their healing, for the good to be for their healing. Mm. A lot of deep stuff comes up that doesn't necessarily like reflect me personally or in this lifetime. So that's there too. That's why I want to bring breath work there. I want to bring breathwork there because that can't be that, that that's not the way that feels in my heart that my people, that that's what I come from. It's like, well, what have we done to help bring trust and strength back to ourselves? I feel like this is a great starting point. Um, and what better way to go in and do that with my family? And I'll have to learn how to cue in Arabic and just all the fun stuff that come with this new experience. Oh, wow. Really stepping into it. Really stepping into it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it though. I love the challenge. Yeah. Mm. Oh my goodness. I cannot wait to hear. We'll have to, maybe we'll jump on again and do another podcast whenever you get back, just to hear how all of this went. Like I'm going to be so wanting to be a, like in your suitcase for all of this. <laughs> yeah. And I'll do some filming there. I'll film some breath work and some yoga while I'm there with the backdrops. I can't wait to find them. Don't worry. That'll be coming too for all of my socials and whatever I've got going on so that I can share that with you guys. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's going to be so amazing. Um, it's like everything coming to a point, the yeah. studying that you've been doing, you wanted to embody more of your Palestinian side. Now you get to bring your breath work. It's like and that's where it first started was like that ancestral healing in the first thing. So now it's coming full yeah. circle and it's only months away. I mean, we're already in January, three months. I know. I know. Wow. Um, okay. So I want to talk about our offering. So for everybody listening, I don't know if you got a chance to try the breath work at the beginning. If you didn't go back and, and do it, that was an awaken. Is that awaken daily? Is that what it's called? Awaken daily, Yeah. Okay. So awaken daily. That's something you can do every single day. I highly recommend it. I had a big response, even just doing that. I mean, I started to, you know, get the tingles. I started to get cold a little bit. I had a message for my higher self. So like just even in that little five minute thing that we did, there's some really beautiful things in there. And we so um we, <laughs> I don't know where to start with it. We are offering something on January 20th, and it's kind of 
we created it in Sedona really, or on the plane on the way there. And then we got to really fully practice it. And I mean, the way that it just flowed, you and I working together, we didn't plan it. We were like, nope, we're going to go in flow. We're not even going to go to the temple and test it. You were like, no, Danny, you need to be in flow. And I was like, okay, fine. Um, and, <laughs> and we did it. I was like, I just need to know I have a speaker. Cause I'm very big on the music with the, with the yoga stuff. No. And yeah, you were phenomenal by the way. It was a great way to jumpstart them into breath work. Like the piece, the center that you brought them to. I I mean, I did it too. I was, I did the yoga too. So it was just beautiful. Mm. I love the way we combine our offerings together. It, um, we are a yin and yang for sure. I enjoy the energy we create. Mm. Me too. It flows so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so our offering is going to be a virtual offering. So everybody out there listening and, and watching, I would love to see you there. If, you know, yoga and breath work is something that you want to experience, um, I would, and, and we have a little theme for it. And I don't know, Mallory, if you have it pulled up or if you want to riff on the theme a little bit. Mm, yeah, I've got it somewhere, don't I? Okay. So, um, well, first, let me say that I really, here it is, part of um, my, what's it called whenever you have a, a mission, like my mission through all of this is to help people come from there, like to move in inspiration and not desperation. Mm. And so being able to create like spaces like this is, is really like, important for people to be able to show up so that they can learn how to um, center themselves into their calm power so that they can show up and not be afraid of their dark to to show up in their light to be courageous enough to do that um i feel like danny and i both feel that way we've created this event in that understanding so new year new moon is what we've got it called New year, new moon, finding the courage to embody your power. As the energy of the new year pours into the energy of the new moon, we invite you to join us in a yoga and breathwork practice to shine a light on your calm power. Become quiet and courageous enough to find out who you really are. And only then will you begin to embody your truest expression. Mm. And... Yeah, that'll happen on January 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern. And on January 21st, that's the new moon. And on January 22nd, that's the Chinese New Year. So just a lot coming to a head during those those times for us. Mm. Do we want to say anything else about it? It'll be a $50 entry and you'll move through a two-hour offering. So 7 p.m. Eastern on January 20th. We are so excited to showcase this on online and um, everyone's invited. Everyone's invited. You don't have to know what you're doing. You can have done this a million times. You might be interested and you don't know us. Come on, we want you there. Um, You may never do yoga or breath work. This is a great time to do it. Um, we're, We're really patient and welcoming with all, you know, with all levels here. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then, you know, we're doing yoga first and it's not going to be crazy sauce power yoga. It's going to be enough yoga to open you up and to center yourself, to get the jitters out of your body and to start to kind of open up those stuck tight places so that we, when we do lay down to do breath work, there's already a lot of space there created. And some of the inhibitions in the walls are already broken down. And I just want to invite you to really, if you haven't even an inkling of a thought of doing this, I encourage you to do it because your, your future self will thank you for it. The messages that you're going to get, the courageous step that you're going to take to do something like this is going to be so worth it. And, um, you know, I feel like the new year, new me kind of theme is calling for it. Yeah. And what better way to do it than to tap into your mind, body, and your spirit. Um, and all the wisdom that's located right, right within us. I'm so when we do this, I'm thinking of if, you know, my schedule permits, but doing a fast and then having it be around this time. And then I'm launching my course at the end of this month. And so I'm really going to utilize this as a chance for me to go within, to figure out how does this course want to come through me? Like, what is my message and how do I need to show up to be courageous? Um, and step into my calm power as a teacher and as all the things that I do. So for me, I'm utilizing this in a really beautiful way. And uh, I'm excited to teach it, show up and be a participant. It's really big work, everybody. Um, I know for me, I've been doing yoga for a couple of years now, and I've been doing breath work for two years on and off. I've done a handful. And what I can tell you is there's never a time where I'm like, oh man, I wish I didn't do that. I wish I didn't go to that yoga class or I wish I didn't do that breathwork session. Like never, ever have I said that I've always been like, yo, I need to sit with that for a minute and I need to journal and I need to integrate that because that was big and powerful. So if you're ready for a powerful new year, if you're ready to really step into and see a new version of you, I highly recommend, you know, giving this a try. Yeah. And you know, just to tack on the breath work will only be about 30 minutes and that includes activation and restorative. It's not going to be a long hour long session. You know, this is a great chance to jump into a longer form breath work and see what that does for your body and your nervous system. I'll have a manifestation meditation for your higher self at the end that I listen, everything I do is what I've done on me. Like this is all I'm the, I'm the psycho knot. I'm the spiritual knot. I'm the, it's all things I did on myself. So I know it feels what it feels like in my body. And so these are the things I did to manifest my higher self and what I want that to be. And so I want to give that to you there. So we'll have that. We'll have, it'll be two hour offering, but that's mostly for prep at the beginning. And then Danny's got her lovely yoga flow and then yeah, her power. And then we've got the 30 minute breath ending with manifestation. And then we'll integrate together with us with a, a circle or journaling or both, whatever you feel called to do. And this isn't just for people healing deep traumas too. I do want to make sure this is available to you. Understand that if you're just trying to find the vitality inside you, like to uncover your vibrancy, mm. come for the spring cleaning. I mean, this is not all of me is like in it for a spiritual depth right? Like sometimes I'm like, well, how do I make myself become the person that is able to like be in front of stage and, and crowds again, speaking that's important to have in, in business and personal and depending on what you're wanting to do. Well, I have to begin to like 
create that again. I know I did stuff like that before, but I lost it in that dark night. Like I lost all of me. So yeah, it's not just about all spiritual depth finding. We're trying to create vitality, vibrancy, just getting to the up, the next up level. We're just finding little ways to up level ourselves. Hmm. And awaken, isn't that, isn't this method um, being, isn't it showing up in different professional sports now, like MMA and aren't they, aren't different athletes starting to do this and it's really starting to become a big thing. So if you're curious about breath work, maybe just give it a little research and just see like what's, what's going on with it in the world. So that's what, yeah, that's the breath work that my coaches have is the awaken breath work. And the breath work that I'll be giving will be based on the training that I had with them. And I just, you know, I call it breath work of Mallory. So that'll be my version of it now. Oh, I love it. And breathe body soul. And you've got some really cool stuff that you're working on. Um, and I guess this is a good place to say where people can find you. Um, oh, you know, yeah. Sure. If you want to find me, you can, <laughs> you can check out my, if you're on social breathe body soul. And if not, then you can email me at contact at breathe body soul.com. Um, yeah, I'm sure she'll keep the links down below wherever you need to find them. And I'm pretty friendly. So if you reach out, I'll be there. Oh, that's wonderful. And I'll put the link for the, um, our event as well. So I'll have all the links ready in the show notes, just so it's easy to find. Um, but yeah, is there any, are there any closing remarks that you have to say before I ask my last question? I mean, listen, I'm sure when we hang up, I'll have plenty of things to say, <laughs> but for now, I just want to, I just want to let my energy and like smile kind of speak for itself. And that's it. Okay. Wonderful. And, um, my last question is you know, the podcast is called talking each other home. So what is home to you? This is probably a difficult thing because home and comfort, like within myself has never been something I was able to find. I would just say that home is my center. So finding that. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Um, okay, everybody. Well, thank you so much for listening. Mallory, thank you so much for your energy and your love and just everything you are. I love you so much. I love you. <laughs> I, love. I love that we did this. And this is just another conversation between two girlfriends. <laughs> That's it. And I really can't wait to do it again. Yeah. So, yeah. So thank you. And everybody out there, thank you so much for your time and for your energy and for joining us on another episode. I can't wait to see you on the next one. And I can't wait to see you at our event. So until then, peace and love. Bye, friends.